Here we go, history in the making. Green, green, green. We're less than a month away from round two at the LA Coliseum. Can it be as big a hit the second time around? Hi, this is Brett McMillan. You're listening to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. We've been this week, Lewis Frank from Reuters and Bruce Martin from Speed Sport. It's the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network. Presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, here's your host, Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome to the show. Glad to have Lewis and Bruce here. And uh, getting hard to believe we are less than a month away from round two at the L.A. Coliseum, guys. Uh, Lewis, you know, the first round was very successful. A lot of excitement around it. A lot of people showed up for it. But there is an excitement that comes with the first time of things that it's hard to recapture the second time around. So do you think NASCAR, they're adding more cars this year. Do you think they can recapture that excitement this time? Well, you know, last year it was more of an event than, than racing. So now they're going to do the more heat races. So that, that could help. But I think that the excitement was due to people who'd never seen a NASCAR event and all the musicians who came and did big numbers you know, 45 minutes, I think, uh, Pitbull did or something. Whatever. Um, forgive me. Uh, I don't have stats on singers. <laughs> but but that was part of it. But that's it. It's a show. Racing is show business. And if they put on a good show, there will be excitement. But it's interesting. We haven't heard anything about ticket sales yet. Bruce? Well, the key thing about that is whether the people that came last year come back this year. Because last year was a novelty. It was a show. That's why the entertainment was there. It was to bring in a demographic of fans that generally don't ever pay attention to NASCAR races. That succeeded. But as somebody who's been to a lot of street races in my uh, day, a lot of people come to those things because it's a party. It's a big event. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to become NASCAR fans, though. So we'll. I think in a lot of ways, that was a precursor to what we'll see in Chicago on 4th of July weekend with the street race. There's going to be a lot of people that go to that race that have never, they couldn't tell you what a carburetor was or a transmission. They're going to go because it's a big event in the city of Chicago. But the key is, will they want to put up with the logistical hassle that will come with what they do to the city? As far as having a Coliseum, great place because you, you're like right on top of the action. You're really right on top of the cars. And I think that's one of the things that makes the Coliseum race so special. Also, you have USC next door. Yeah. <laughs> College students, so have a party, uh, and and you'll have that. So I think college students will be back because you just say party, yeah, <laughs> and they come. That's true. That's true, and that's the thing when you look at it. I mean, and I, I think you guys make a great point, and Bruce especially when you said how many people are coming back that were there last year, and, and I, I know NASCAR has a way of tracking, you know, ticket sales from people who bought tickets last year. Do they buy tickets again this year? I mean, I. I know we'll hear some numbers, some return numbers, but that's the key. I mean, you know, we talk about the fact that in L.A. you have, in the L.A. market, you have a race already in Fontana. But for those, if you've never been out there before, Fontana is, okay. It may as well be in a a different state. Yeah, in a good (laughs) on a a good day, it's a forty-five minute drive from the L.A. Coliseum. On a good Good day, day. (laughs) three a.m. on a Sunday morning when you're trying to, you know, it's a forty-five minute drive when there's no traffic. Otherwise, it's you know, it's an hour and a half, two hours. I mean, that's the thing. It's it is. It's like it'd be. It's it's in another city. The amazing thing about Fontana is it's probably just as easy to get there from San Diego as it is from Santa Monica on some days, which 
you tell that to some people and they can't believe it. But if you look at the way the interstates are set up, the freeways in Southern California, it's probably an easier shot to get up there from San Diego than from some places on the west side of L.A. Well, and the thing is in the forum you have, or not the forum, but in the L.A. Coliseum, famous venue, obviously, and they talked a lot about that last year. Uh, you know, the, the cool thing about being able to put a track in there, the question was, could it be done? The answer is yes, it did get done. So that part of it has now been answered. So now I think we need to see possibly some better racing this time around. I think because now, to your point, Lewis, it was an event the first time around. Now there has to be some show to go with the show business. Sure. Well, look, they had new cars that were virtually untested. They survived. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about the, the new car more yeah, yeah. later today. And, and I think everybody was on tenterhooks, you know, will the cars last? And they, they took quite a punishment and, and they did. I mean, again, these were very short events, but uh, there's that this year, they know they can lean on each other even more than, than last time and more cars. But again, they will be in heat rate broken up into heat races. So uh, uh, the, again, for racing fans, that's going to be more interesting. Well, for- and Bruce, one thing you don't have to worry about this year is lack of parts. <laughs> which was a huge Definitely. issue. It was a huge yeah. issue last year. Yeah. Let's not forget that. The one thing about the heat races, though, that I'd like to see is a little more action in those heat races because we've tried heat races in NASCAR before, and we keep expecting it's going to be like a heat race at a speedway or a place, uh, you know, a, a typical Friday, Saturday night heat race. And what happens, we generally don't see that type of excitement. So I'd like to see a little more racing in those heat races. But essentially, you guys talked about it, and Bruce, you brought it up, the, the Chicago street race. And I think when you ask people what they're most looking forward to this year or what race they're most looking forward to this year, the Chicago street race is the one that people are, ma- are talking about because like the L.A. Coliseum last year, it's new. It's something we've never seen before. It's something people are curious about. But I think, Bruce, you said it. Street races are like big parties. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a steeplechase before. But I've, I used to cover one when I was living in, in Columbia, South Carolina. They have a huge steeplechase twice a year in Camden, South Carolina. People don't watch the steeplechase. They're out there in the infield at the steeplechase. It's a horse race, by the way. It's a, They're out there in the infield with silver tea set. And there's a race like every 25 minutes or 30 minutes, and it lasts five minutes. And they're not watching. They're not watching the race. It's just it's it's a huge party. How many, all it is. how many people at Churchill Downs for the Kentucky Derby are horse racing fans in the infield? Now, the people in the paddock are because oh, they've yeah. got big money on it. But a lot of those denizens of youths that are in the infield, that's like Woodstock with horses to them. Yeah. Bruce, how many times have you driven into the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and there's people passed out already at 8 in the morning? For the 500. I used to have to drive over those people to find a spot in the fence when I was a, a student at Indiana University. But, um, you know, that's the thing about big events. The reason they're big events is because they transcend the actual sport. Yep. It's amazing. Well, I've seen people passed out of the golf course, but that was during the tournament. <laughs> Pretty hot here last summer. But, uh, no, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to see. I, and I'm in, interested to see how it plays out. And now that we know more about this car and there's still, again, you know, again, there are questions about this car with the new rear end on this car and how that's going to react. And is it going to be better for the guys and the drivers, the guys and the gals, 
this year. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm excited about it again. I think it's a fun way to start the year. It's certainly going to get the attention. And I think it's something we needed to change from what the Bush clash, Bud shootout, whatever you want to call it, what it had become. And it was hard when you looked at the fields, it had gotten really hard, Lewis, to differentiate between the Bud shootout or whatever you wanted to call that race and the all-star race. They were they were basically the same fields. They were basically the same thing. Yeah, and crash fests, especially down in Daytona Beach. And, and people would bring a car they knew that would be completely destroyed. So it, it was, uh, yeah, if, if you like the, the, the original Coliseum, you're going to love those races. But they, they became predictable in their unpredictability. That's why the original Bush Clash was so good, because it was just the pole winners only 10-lap or 20-lap race. And that really made it a kind of an edge-of-your-seat type event. Yeah. And uh, there's going to be no confusing the two races this year. No, <laughs> that's the other race people are looking forward to. The return to North Wilkesboro to see what that's going to be like. Yep. And, and who knows? Well, unless you've been around way back. <laughs> It'll be a trip back in time. In fact, they might find an old notepad I've lost there from <laughs> 1996 I'm or guessing, 95. I'm guessing they probably tore down the old photography stand in turn three that I used to stand on. I looked, I looked, down, I looked down one time. And, and there was a car on the wall about six feet away from me. And I didn't even. <laughs> but like, they're keeping the NASCAR Winston Cup mural on the back of the grandstands for retro's sake. Are they going to use old hand-operated scoreboard that used to yes. get updated every 10 laps? That's what they're going to do. That's amazing to me. They're not going to have electronics. We'll scoreboard. get Howdy Bell down here to operate it. But we're not going to have Don Wilson whispering in our ear, stop by the press center, or stop by the press office on the way out when he used to give us our little... <clears throat> Stuff that revenuers went after. Oh, I, never, I never got that. All right. When we come back, you know, we talked a lot about things that are going to be new this year. Well, one of the things that's going to be new is the rear end of this new car. Did we learn enough about this new car last year to balance the playing field to the point that we're going to see more new winners this year or more individual winners? Is 19 still the magic number or do we get to the point now where the big teams start to step ahead. Stay with us. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-583-5345. 800-583-5345. That's 800-583-5345. Brett McMillan returns with his guests in just a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.
What kind of season is he having? Is he having a great season? Okay, good, really good, greater than or less than? As soon as Ross came out of the care center and started talking, he immediately wanted to package this as, now we're even. Teams are doing everything they can to find an advantage with this car. I still think the normal cream rises to the top now when it comes to road racing. Hi, this is Doug Rice. Join me every Monday night for Fast Car. The Grassroots is where the hometown heroes of Friday and Saturday nights are and where the future stars of NASCAR are made. First career win for James Friesen of the Tass Racing Sportsman Series. From Eldora to Knoxville, Jennerstown to Lawrence County. Follow PRNs at the Track on Twitter and hear PRNs at the Track each week on broadcast radio stations, the free PRN app, or at goprn.com. PRNs at the Track, relentless passion for grassroots racing. Check out all of our show pages on GoPRN.com to find archive shows and more. Now, back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome back along with Bruce Martin from Speed Sport, Lewis Frank from Reuters, Brett McMillan. Glad to have you with us. All right, I asked the question kind of going into the break. We had 19 different winners last year. 19, Bruce. Why are you looking at me like that? It's, That's a, it's, still, it's, it's unfathomable it's, it's because still it used to be, you know, 16 guys make the playoffs and it would always be a couple of guys that didn't win any races that were getting in. And now we're up to 19 guys. So it means you can win a race and not make the playoffs. It, well, we got darn close to this last yeah. year. I mean, darn close to it. Now, we all looked at it and said, okay, is that because the new car? I, mean, I think everybody looked at the new car and said, it balance the playing field. So now that the big teams have had more time with this new car, despite the fact that there's going to be a new rear end in this car, can we expect this balance could continue or are the big guys going to start to be able to separate themselves out and pick up more and more wins? I'm going to go on the record and say, no, there won't be 19 different winners. I, th I think that the bigger teams will have figured out a little more and, um, and, uh, you know, you may see a new winner that we didn't see last year, but I, I don't see 19 different, and I'll, I'll go out on a limb with that. Teams with the biggest engineering budgets will be able to reap the benefits of the engineering budget because those guys are pretty smart and they'll find something that the smaller teams don't have. And with all the engine alliances and everything we have today, yeah, we're all seeing guys out there running the same parts, but they're not necessarily running the same setups. Well, the interesting thing to me is we talked some about this before the holidays. You start, I mean, people, you know, look who didn't win last year. Martin Drex Jr., Ryan Blaney. Okay, so you sit there and go, well, certainly those guys aren't going to go winless for another year. So who do you start taking off the list? Well, okay, Kurt Busch is off the list. We know that. But then you start going, well, okay, so everybody feels like, you know, Bubba Wallace is on the rise. People feel like, you know, G, uh, Petty GMS is on the rise. So who do you start taking off the list that won last year? Well, this, you, this, you know, look at Trackhouse. Daniel Suarez won last year, and, that, that, you know, that wasn't a fluke with those guys. So, so so who do we start taking off that list of 19? Do I, do I have do I make enemies now? But I'd say to, be, to take the fifth kind of the smaller teams – 
the, the teams that won for the first time last year, I think, start with them not necessarily being able to repeat their accomplishments of uh, 2022. But there are some drivers like Eric Jones that can be counted on for having a couple of pretty good races during the year and, and getting a victory. And, you know, that would probably be one of the smaller teams, but you don't know now with the influx, how that team has grown, they might be ready to challenge kind of maybe be like this year's colleague racing has been lately. I mean, that's the thing. I'll, I'll throw out colleague racing, AJ Allmendinger. He's going to be a full time. Whether he's still running six road course races. Uh, I would expect that he's going to win one of those. He might win more. He might win about three <laughs> well, or four yeah. of those. He's really, really good. And yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Again, you know, there's always some outliers, but we're talking about, um, you know, overall. And I, I just don't see it. I think that the, the best get better. And uh, one time a racing engineer said, of course, this is radio, but he made a, he, he made a, a motion with his hands and he raised his hands and said, okay, this is where we're starting. And then he, he went up like at 45 degrees and he said, the little teams have to, just to match us, they have to go that. And I don't see it. Every couple of years, the Jacksonville Jaguars make the NFL playoffs. But the big question is, they don't make it every year. But you do see some teams in the NFL that do make it every year. And the same thing happens in NASCAR. And that's going to really be a, a key issue is once you've reached that level, it's probably twice as hard to maintain it. Yeah, the fancy term is reversion to the mean. <laughs> Is that a lawyer term? No, I think that's <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> As you talk about that, though, you know, I think the team that really surprised everybody last year, and I think more than anything else, surprised people, and then the able the fact they were able to sustain their success last year, Bruce, was Trackhouse, and I don't see any evidence that Trackhouse is going to go away. I that this is a one year wonder that this was that they're going to. I thought I think Justin Marks has built an organization that's here to stay. If anything, they're only going to get stronger because he is definitely going to be the new breed of team owner that is going to. If you look at the age of the Big Five, what is it? Richard Childress is the relative youngster of that crowd at seventy-three. So they needed to have some young ownership in NASCAR to keep the series moving ahead. And not only is he going to take track house to places on the track, he's wanting to become a brick and mortar store. He's wanting to have track house bars and restaurants. He's really wanting to turn that into a brand. It's very interesting. All of us here saw the, 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 the uh, changing of the guard like 20, 25 years ago. And that's what's happening. And, and I'll agree with Bruce that, that Justin Marks, is he's the tip of the sword of the disruptors. That's a Wall Street term, not a law term, but he's a disruptor and, and it's working. And so I think the next level, we, we don't know who's out there, but in the next few years, we're going to see other people with new ideas take Re over. Remember All-Star Racing with this guy from City Chevrolet that was a star <laughs> yeah, of the team Rick, Rick back Hendricks. in 1984? Yeah. Yeah, look at him now. Rick Almost closed yeah. his shop. Yeah, yeah. Look, at, look at him now. Yeah, <laughs> grab, grab Harry Hyatt off the dunk pile and yeah. brought him in to, to help out. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I mean, but but we've seen, you know, and I, we sat on this show five years ago and said, where's the next generation of owner coming from? Well, take a look at it now. You know, Jeff Gordon is now positioned to take over things at Hendrick Motorsports if he hasn't already. I mean, we hear a lot of the guy, you know, hey, thank, thanks to Jeff Gordon and Mr. Hendrick. I mean, we're hearing a lot of this. So we don't really know how involved, 
to what extent. We know Jeff's very involved, but we don't know how how involved he really is. But, you know, now you got Denny Hamlin's an owner now. Uh, you've got Brad Kozlowski is an owner now. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy is Johnson's <laughs> coming in as a part owner now. I mean, it's, so, I mean, you're getting this younger organ, you know, the younger group or guys are coming in, and Justin Marks is a perfect example of it. Yet, yeah, all of a sudden, you turn around and it has gotten younger. I'm going to throw a name out there. Uh, I spoke with him yesterday, did a story on him today. Michael Andretti says once he gets the Formula One team approved, then he wants to get an NASCAR Cup Series team in the next couple of years. He has a lot of money behind him from investors with Project 1001, which is really the driving force in his Formula One effort. And I asked him point blank. I go, well, what about, you know, you, you're now one-upping Roger Penske? And he says, well, Roger has an NASCAR Cup Series team. And then I ask him, I go, are you still interested? He goes, most definitely. I think I need to do it within the next couple of years. Roger had a Formula One team when it was a lot easier. You just spent the money, bought the chassis, and he had the engineers. So, but uh, And he didn't have to get approved by the current <laughs> Formula One team principals either. No. Who don't want to share. Who don't want to make another cut. So, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah we'll see how Dilution. that all plays out. Yeah. Well, speaking of guys investing their, investing their money and their time, some of the NASCAR heavyweights have now put their names behind the Cars series. And we'll talk about that when we come back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. Grime, friction, wear, destructive words when it comes to an engine. Adding Z-Max Microlubricant to your oil and fuel allows it to soak into metal to disperse harmful carbon deposits. You wouldn't wax a car with dirt on it. Don't run your engine without Z-Max. Help improve performance, reduce emissions, extend engine life, and improve fuel mileage with Z-Max Microlubricant. Get Z-Max today at ZMAX.com or your local auto parts store. Hi, I'm PRN's Alexis Eric. Want to listen to PRN anywhere you go? By downloading the PRN mobile app, you can listen to live race broadcasts and have on-demand access to your favorite shows like Fast Talk, Pit Reporters, Garage Pass, and PRN's At The Track. Download today to make sure you don't miss any of the action. Get the latest racing information at your fingertips with the PRN mobile app available on Apple App Store and Google Play. Find more information at goprn.com. There's more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters still to come. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Hey, I'm Paul Shadden Charlotte with Kathy Martindale in Nashville on the Performance Racing Network. This is Z-Max Racing Country Classics. Let's head to Charlotte now and join Paul with Chase Elliott. Tell me this, you know, growing up as Bill Elliott's little boy, did you know Rick Hendrick at all? The first time I ever spoke a word to him was when I was about 15 and we were just talking racing. Z-Max Racing Country Classics. Mike Rowe here with a gentle reminder that civilization is held together by pipes, wires, and cables. It's true. There are over 5 million miles of gas lines, power lines, fiber optic lines, water lines, and sewer lines all buried beneath your feet. And every 60 seconds, somebody digs into one. Look, if you're thinking about digging around, do yourself a favor and call 811 first just to find out what's down there. Trust me, you don't want to find out the hard way. Call or click 811 before you dig and visit safeexcavator.com for more info.
Check us out on YouTube at GoPRN Live. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome back along with Lewis Frank from Reuters, Bruce Martin from Speed Sport. And you, you both always have other people throwing money at you. Well, I, I, I make it sound like you're, no, but you guys, you know, hey, if somebody's got a, a story they want written and, uh, you know, you're more than happy. To. I wouldn't exactly call it throwing money. <laughs> yeah. These days, yeah. they throw work at us. I'll, there, I'll there say that. Okay. And, and we do get compensated, but it's not like they're right. throwing. Bags well, would you like of to plug? Would you like to plug some of the other folks who who are compensating you for your work? Uh, Forbes. Forbes. Um, Ooh, Forbes. Very nice. On occasion, I do some stuff for NBCSports.com with Nate Ryan, and also I have a weekly podcast that focuses on IndyCar called Pit Pass Indy, which is available on all podcast platforms. It's produced by Evergreen Podcast. All right. Lewis? I'm not plugging any. I do some corporate work behind the scenes. And <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. We're like NASCAR. We'll shut that down. Uh, <laughs> now, wait a minute. The government wants to hire 87,000 more IRS agents, So, but I turn in all that. That's right. There you go. But the Republicans are getting rid of the IRS, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but that's politics. We don't want to talk politics. Uh, let's talk about cars. The late model stock series that uh, now is heavily invested and basically being run by Justin Marks, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Kevin Harvick, and Jeff Burton. Uh, obviously, this is not a NASCAR series, but... This is these guys throwing their support behind grassroots racing. And, and they have said, Lewis, that they want to keep this as the kind of series where a guy can haul his car on the, on the trailer out back, you know, behind him, not a big hauler, but on the trailer behind him, haul it in there and, and make things, you know, go racing. Yeah. Well, what I read in the release is still the people running it in 2022 will run it. And again, though, the idea is to give opportunities. And all, all of these, especially Dale Jr., I mean, he, he loves to, to get, I just think of the Josh Berry story. It took him a while, you know, to move up the ranks. But, uh, we, I mean, with, to, get, to get noticed, to get a ride, and you don't have any money, now all these famous drivers and owner, now all of a sudden you can say, hey, uh, I've got a regular job, but... Dale Arnold Jr. is going to be at the track. Give me a hundred bucks. Give me 400 bucks for set it. Well, tires probably cost more than 400 even <laughs> now, but, uh, but you know what I'm saying is it's a chance to get, it's helping them get exposure. I'm probably the only one out of the three that's actually covered a car's race. My Kirchner <laughs> speed sport came up to me in October and was in a pinch. And he says, you know, I got an extra thing for you to do. Can you do this car's race at a speedway? You know, they have a really good stream, so it's not like you're driving up to uh, Guilford County or, or Alamance County or wherever a Speedway was, but I was very impressed with the quality of the Cars series. Josh Berry was in it. The Cars are it just as been as good as you would expect to see in, in a series like ARCA. The racing was very good. The stream was extremely professional. And I was came away from that really highly impressed with the quality of that and said, grassroots racing has a chance to continue if a series such as Cars is out there com competing races. So I think it's a really good thing to get these guys involved because they understand that without the grassroots, 
it has such a domino effect. Not only do you need to get drivers from grassroots racing, you also need to develop fans in grassroots racing. Well, and we go back to what we talk about, you know, with, with, you know, these weekends that we've speculated you could have, you know, we have it at Indianapolis with the Brickyard weekend where they have IndyCar and NASCAR running together. You know, it's, we're back to the old, the, the, the rising tide raises all boats. And that's, these guys may be NASCAR guys. Cars is not a NASCAR series, but these are well-known names that not only can get fans to the track, but can also help get sponsors. Don't forget the BC 39, the USAC midget race that they have in the dirt track in turn three at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's really good that they're able to re-engage grassroots people because one of the problems I think we saw in the 90s and the early 2000s was all of these pinnacle racing series were getting further and further away from the grassroots people. And we all saw, what was the biggest reason why, you know, back in the day USAC and back in the day NASCAR was so popular was because it was an everyman sport. They could actually watch these guys at their local track, whether it be Kokomo or whether it be Columbia or any of these tracks and see them one day reach a pinnacle series. And we got away from that in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's good to reconnect with that. And think about the fans who can't afford expensive tickets for the, the, the premier level races. They can go. There's more racing dates. They can probably get autographs a lot more easier, you know, than in the top series. So th there's, uh, and, and, you know, uh, I am a baby boomer. So, you know, before the internet and cable TV, you know, they had local racing and people could, could go, could drive to a local track, like going to a night ball game, see a race and be home, be back to work the next day. Our mentor, Chris Economacy, that's how he got started. He was a track announcer and not only did he run national speed sport news, but he was also a track announcer all over the country. And that is why he was so widely accepted in all racing circles. He knew everybody. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I think these guys throwing their weight behind this series is going to be a good thing. And, and certainly, and it's something it's there. All four of them are passionate about this. And I think that is something that's only going to help. It's going to help get sponsors. It's going to help get attention. And I think, I think their dream is to help it grow, but not, grow to the point that it's going to take a huge investment for these people to race in this series. They want to keep it affordable so that every man, so that any one of us can throw a car in the back here and, and go race. The other thing is anything Dale Jr. gets connected with seems to just, he's got the, the magic touch because people go, well, if Dale Jr. likes it, let's go see what it's all about. He tweeted a picture a week or two ago going to, Brewster's ice cream up in Mooresville where he had just rolled out and, you know, was wearing just sweat outfit and all that. The next day, everybody went to Brewster's ice cream, hoping to bump into Dale jr. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he showed up at the first race at North Wilkesboro to run the late model and choom, yep. fill the place up. He's got the Midas touch. Yes, he <laughs> does. All right. Well, we know where J a matter of fact, he's going to run a race this year and we'll talk about that when we return. 
Hey, pack rat. Yeah, you. Are you moving cross country and you just don't know who to call? Call us right now. Listen, you've probably seen one of our containers in your neighborhood. But did you know that we can help you move anywhere in the United States? It's real simple. We'll drop a container off at the location you tell us to bring it to. You pack up your valuable possessions at your leisure. They stay safe right in your home. And when you're ready, call us. We'll come and pick up the container and give you a scheduled date of when your furniture and the other possessions will be at your new home. So if you're moving across country or across town, be a pack rat. Join the pack rat family. Call pack rat right now for your free quote. See y'all later, pack rats. 800 876 3515 Hi, this is PRN's Brett McMillan. You know, you don't spend your life just sitting around, so what you need is PRN's mobile app. By downloading the mobile app, you can listen to our live race broadcast from anywhere. Make sure you don't miss a second of the action from the track. If you download it today, you get station listings and on-demand access to your favorite studio shows like Fast Talk, Pit Reporters, or Garage Pass. Get all the latest racing information at your fingertips with the PRN mobile app. Download today. Available at the Apple App Store and on Google Play. Get your NASCAR fix with PRN's Garage Pass. This car puts on really good shows at, you know, mile and a half, two-mile tracks, and I expect nothing less. Obviously, it's not the spot we want to be in. We'd love to have a win by now and feel like we should have, but it's just been one of those seasons where when we have cars good enough to win, we haven't done all the other things right. I feel like it's going to be an opportunity to win. I feel like, you know, it's an opportunity to win at home as well, so want to take advantage of both of those things. Hi, I'm Mark Garrow, tracking the latest racing news every weekday. Follow at PRN Live on Twitter for show news and information. Now more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. And welcome back along with Bruce Martin from Speed Sport, Lewis Frank from Reuters. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. All right. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Bristol, get ready. He's going to run the fall Xfinity race at Bristol. That'll sell a few tickets. Oh, definitely will. And the fact that anytime you get Dale Jr. in any type of race car, it's just Dale Jr. to show up. Dale Jr. doing TV at the Indy 500. All of a sudden, it's just Dale Jr. just generates attention, which is a good thing. I get a little nervous when he gets in a race car, though, because, I mean, we love to watch Dale Jr. race, but we also saw, you know, a little bit of the downside what happens with some of the... Uh, concussions that he had late in his career and i just hope that in a lot of ways he's able to go out there have fun give the fans something to get excited about and not tempt fate yeah at a time where there's a lot of negativity in the world he's always positive that's another thing to to love him but as bruce said though you don't want to see him hurt concussions are forever you don't really heal so uh you want him to be safe but he he certainly brings he he brings, he's the show and everybody else is, uh, is supporting cast. You know, the thing is he's come back, you know, he's in obviously quality equipment because his, his organization has been very good, but he's not coming back and winning the races. He's running well. 
but he's not coming back and winning the races. Now, Bristol's a place that obviously he's run extremely well over the years. And I think in the tunnel where you walk into the infield, there might be a picture of him with a big broom somewhere because, you know, from his weekend sweep up there. I mean, I just, I just think junior at Bristol is going to just be a blast. Well, definitely. And, and the point you bring up is he's running well, but he's not winning races. It just goes to show how important it is to do this all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, you hear reports of Michael Jordan, owner of the Charlotte Hornets, going out and beating these guys in games of horse. But I doubt whether you put him out on the basketball court, an actual NBA game, it'd be anywhere close to what he was, even when he was with the Washington Wizards. But in a lot of ways, uh, you know, the Earnhardt name is magic, especially at Bristol. And I can't think of a more iconic place for him to race at than Bristol. Yeah, Br Bristol had that long uh, uh, tradition of selling out. And then it kind of went away. And it's a shame because, again, it's one of those iconic tracks. And, and he again, he brings the Earnhardt name. Uh, I, I'm surprised he doesn't have Earn, other Earnhardt products. I know he's dealing with air filters and vodka. But uh, they're, they're, I'm surprised there isn't like an Earnhardt hot dog or something. <laughs> well, he's got the epic chop house up in Mooresville. So that, that should probably count for something. But... Uh... I, the one thing I that impresses me about Dale Jr. is his podcast because he has become the modern-day version of Phil Donahue. He is able to get all of his guests to basically bare their soul to him. And it really is compelling how he just has that childlike curiosity that makes people feel at ease, and they admit things that they've done wrong in their lives. They basically come to him for almost like a confession in many ways, but he's very good in that format. Yeah. He has been extremely good. That the, the, the podcast with Ty Norris and they talked about Teresa in, in about the, the most open terms you could say on, in, in public it was amazing. And they talked about uh, uh, itchy elbow gate and uh, itchy arm gate and some of these other ties back in the sport. And he, he came back. You know, he, he, he went on the podcast, even bringing up these tarnished, some tarnished associations in the past. It's amazing. And that, that was an epic podcast. You know, we talk about guys, obviously, and Junior never won the championship. Meanwhile, you got Jimmy Johnson with seven championships. Going to come back, run a few races this year. I'm wondering what his influence at Petty GMS is going to be. It, will he have more influence as a mentor or as a driver? I think as a mentor, because the time that he spent in IndyCar, if you go up and talk to Scott Dixon or Alex Pillow or Dario Franchitti, who is still part of Chip Ganassi Racing as a driver, coach, and a consultant, and Marcus Erickson, I mean, they all have these great stories about how Jimmy Johnson helped them become better race drivers in a completely different form of racing that Jimmy Johnson didn't excel in at all. But he taught them how to be a champion and how to act like a champion and with the things to do off the track. And they just marvel. In fact, Scott Dixon is really fairly despondent that he will not be his teammate at all over there this year. He, when Jimmy gave him the word, they were talking about it over at Goodwood back in September. And Scott Dixon's response from was, you can't leave me. You've got to stay. You can't leave me. But the admiration that Jimmy Johnson brings to the table I think is why he'll be a very good mentor at that team. I think that um, he saw a great challenge over at GMS, and it, it, it's 
more than even driving, I think his attitude, his work ethic, I mean, there are young people there, but Mike Beam and, and Maury, they're not kids. And mm -hmm. he's going to bring an energy to the management style. Uh, and I think on top of the driving, but more importantly, I think to GMS, he's going to raise the bar. And I'm kind of interested, you know, I think he chose some team that would also give him a bit of a challenge that where he could make a bigger difference. And I think that team is perfect. He's going to make a difference there. Mike Beam says that he gets texts from Jimmy at six in the morning. And that goes to show you how engaged he is, especially when Jimmy is probably out in Colorado, which would be <laughs> four in the morning. <laughs> but Jimmy is engaged. He says the energy level that he brings to the role of being a partner in the team is just very impressive. Well, the thing is he doesn't know this car and they're going to tracks he's never run at before. But I, I got to believe from a mental and a preparation standpoint, I mean, that's one of the things that Junior talked about when he got over to Hendrick. You know, he, he, he said, yeah, I thought I knew how to prepare mentally for a race until I got over there and I'm watching Jimmy and Gordon going, oh, I, I'm not even close. But I think that was that's where I think Jimmy can bring a lot to the table. Yeah. But as I said, the um, I think he, he – he chose this team. He could make the biggest difference. If he, if he had some role at Hendrick and I'm sure Jeff would have found something for him, it wouldn't be, it would be increment, tiny incremental. This, this thing is going to make that team better. And I think he chose that challenge and he chose something that wasn't easy. Just like when he chose IndyCar, it wasn't easy. He, he chose something that really challenges him. And, uh, you know, I applaud him for, for this effort and, and it will bear fruit. And the other thing is he'll be very good with marketing and with sponsors. If he can get the number straight. Yes. <laughs> yes. How many times is he going to say in the 48? How many times are, you know, you got a good point on that. On that, It's, it's just like when drivers swap teams, you even hear in the Daytona 500, they get called by last year's car number. But yep. it'll be interesting, and it's also with the new number, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly the fans – gravitate toward it yes not going to be much different but it will be different absolutely well speaking of new numbers obviously we talked about uh you know in the past ty gibbs is not going to run the 18 even though that was joe gibbs original number ty is going to run the 54 the 18 is going to be kind of set aside for a little while by joe gibbs and that's our o'reilly pit reporters question this week should gibbs have given ty the 18 instead of the 54 so that's your choice, 18 or 54. Our last question was, Will what will you remember as the top story of 2022? And it's pretty interesting. It's very balanced. 28% said parody, 19 different winners. And 28% also said the emergence of Trackhouse and Chastain's Martinsville move. Or as I like to call it, the Walter Mellon. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to argue against that last choice. It's uh, pretty good. Uh, 22% said the debut of the next-gen car, and Kyle Busch leaves Gibbs. So there, there was a lot to talk about. When we come back, I'm going to find out what these guys think the big stories are going to be or the big stories they're watching for in 2023. Stay with us. You wash the outside, clean the inside, and make sure maintenance is up to date. Pamper your car's engine and fuel system by adding Z-Max Microlubricant. Using the fluids as a carrier to reach internal parts, Z-Max literally soaks into metal, dispersing harmful carbon buildup. 
Just helps improve performance, extend engine life, and reduce emissions. Get ZMAX today at ZMAX.com or your local auto parts store. Make your plans now to stay at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa next March when NASCAR returns to Las Vegas. They have great race ticket and room packages for you to choose from. The South Point also features a wide variety of excellent dining options at 11 different restaurants. Or you can enjoy the 16-screen movie complex and visit the 64-lane bowling center. Visit southpointcasino.com and make your reservations today. Stay with a racer. Stay at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa. We've got more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Start your engine! Justine in turn one drives it in deep to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll slide up in front of William by rewind now down the back stretch into the bottom of three. Side by side down the front stretch. One lap to go here in Vegas. Larson with a nose out in front of Bowman down the Nellis straightaway. They stay door to door side by side. Bowman at the bottom. He slides up in front of Larson. Larson with the crossover. He's out of time. Here goes Ross Chastain. He's going to the bottom of the racetrack. Now we've got a half dozen cars sliding through the infield grass. Noah Gregson is spun, but they are still side by side for the lead. Almond Digger's got the advantage on the inside of the turn three. When the NASCAR Cup Series races at Las Vegas, Atlanta, Circuit of the Americas, Bristol, Dover, Charlotte, Sonoma, Nashville Super Speedway, New Hampshire, and Texas, it's right here on PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Almond Digger gets jumped out of the way by Kevin Harvick. Harvick goes to P1 with Elliott. Download our free mobile app to listen to the show and more great PRN content on the go. Now back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. Hey, welcome back along with uh, Bruce Mark from Speedsport and Lewis Frank from Reuters. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. All right, Bruce, as we get ready to roll out the 2023 season, what are the couple big stories you're going to be looking for? How long it takes for Kyle Busch to get a win at... Richard Childress Racing. I think uh, that's a big story. And I'm also interested to see how quickly Ty Gibbs is able to adapt to the Cup Series, realizing the void in his life that he must feel from the loss of his father, Coy. I'm sure all three of us on this panel have lost parents or loved ones, and it's a loss that you never really ever get over. You'll feel that loss for the rest of your life. And for a kid to have this happen on what should have been the greatest day of his racing career is really unfathomable for me to try to comprehend. He's young. He's talented. He's got a little bit of a reputation that he needs to shed. So it's going to be interesting to see how quickly or maybe how difficult it is for him to make the transition. Lewis? Well, I'm going to go with it's Kevin Harvick's time to make a comeback. Rodney Childers has been all over Twitter. I don't think they're going, you know, gentle in the good night into that good night in his career. Uh, I think there's a story there. I think SHR, who was not performed as they had in the in the years past, I don't think he's done. I don't think it's in his mind. I know he's he's helping Keelan whenever he can, and Keelan is running all those tracks in Europe and stuff. But I think there's a story there that hardly I hardly hear anybody talking about. 
And that's why I'll, I'll pick that as a story, an outlier story. Um, and again, how, how good, how good is the, is the, the adjustments, to, you know, to the, to the jet, the next gen car going to be for the drivers? Are we going to face this? And also think about this. If you, if you wreck, you wreck a body or chassis part, that's pretty cheap. But now that they've made the rear end more sturdy, that's a drivetrain. That's going to cost a lot of money if you got to replace a drivetrain. So uh, costs, we, we have the spare parts, but I think costs may go up. You know, fix something, another weakness shows up. So that's something to look forward to, to this year. I think Kevin Harvick deserves to have one more great season because in a lot of ways, I've always thought that he's got more Dale Earnhardt in him than any driver mm-hmm. in the field. He had that attitude. He had that uh, aggressiveness. He had the ability to be intimidating. He was tremendously talented. And I would like to see him get one more hurrah. Do you guys think, I mean, he said that he'll announce his plans for 2024 or his plans beyond 2023 before Daytona. What's your gut? Well, with a shortened speed week schedule, it doesn't give him a whole lot of time to make that <laughs> announcement. So unless he's going to step up to the dais during media day and say that, that's doesn't have very many days after media day until the start of the race. So that'll be interesting if he made that announcement that he wasn't coming back in 2024. I'd say it would probably make media day a little bit easier for the rest of us because there's our story. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we've, we've covered the sport for a year or two. Yeah. And the hardest thing is an aging champion to, to yeah. let it go. And, and I think he's going to look at his performance early in the year to make his, his decision known. If he comes out and wins the Daytona 500, well, there's another year after. <laughs> so you don't think, you don't think he's serious when he says he'll make his decision. He'll announce it before Daytona. You think he'll wait. I think he'd like to get another Daytona 500 win. I don't. I don't know what goes on in his mind, but I. I think there's nothing, nothing like a win. Look at Mark Martin. We. I keep. I mean, he. How many times did he retire? And and at the at almost the virtual end of his full time career, he finishes second in the championship. So as long as you think you're competitive and the results match what you think, you're not going to let it go. How many times did we have Terry Labonte's last race? <laughs> I think about a dozen times we had Terry Labonte's last race. It'll be interesting to see. I, you know, my gut tells me this will probably be Harvest last year. I don't know. I have nothing to base that on. It's just a gut feeling. I think he'll announce that this will be his last year. He's got so much, you guys talked about it. He's got so much going on with Keelan. And now he's involved in this cars thing. I could see him be, you know, get into some ownership somewhere along the line. Maybe you know, get some more ownerships, get an ownership stake at Stuart Haas or something. I don't know, I, but I could see him. How about Truex? Is this his last year? Uh, He's kind of intimated that. Yeah. I mean, but he was one, he and Kyle Busch were the guys walking around in September going, somebody, please turn the calendar now. <laughs> turn it I've had it with 2022, turn the calendar. I just still look at him as a guy who's still got a lot of time left in him. It seems that, but when you look at it, he really came up upon the scene 2003, 2004, which, as we all know by now, that's a long time ago. Yeah. That's 20 years ago now. But he's a guy I never, ever thought got the full credit that he deserved. He was a great driver, and he was a champion, and he would be dominant, win all these races, but he was never one of the first 
four or five names that would come out of a fan's mouth about stars of NASCAR. And I always thought that he got overlooked for some reason. Yeah, and he was unduly punished to talk about the itchy uh, arm gate. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. It, I have a little harder to read. He, he's very good at, at, you know, as Harvick was out there with his emotions and his reactions, Truex is just, you know, in public, you don't see a whole lot of change in attitude. So he's a harder guy for me to read. He was like a Tim Duncan uh, was with the San Antonio Spurs. Duncan won a lot of championships, was a tremendous player. But people don't talk about him in the same terms as they do Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or LeBron James or Larry Bird. But all Duncan did was win championships. Yeah, quiet guy. But, it, you know, but last year he seemed to talk a lot like this you know, he wanted to do it one more time, one more shot at it, one more good season, because last year was such a disappointment. Yeah, if you're a champion, you don't want to go out on a on a dull note. Forget sour note, a dull note. And we've seen drivers stay too long. Yeah, we have. And you know, the thing is, in recent years, we haven't. Yeah. I mean, the guys who've walked away recently, we, I don't think you could really say they've stayed a long that they've stayed too long. No. Gordon when, Stewart. When we started, NASCAR's big names were all in their 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because they weren't getting paid. Well, they weren't getting paid. They weren't getting paid like the guys were getting paid in the early 2000s. Harry Gant didn't even become a rookie till he was 38. <laughs> yep. Oh, I know. I mean, these guys were still, you know, they were, they were, they, they wanted the money. They needed the money, you yeah. know, in the, in the 1980s. <laughs> you had to love Harry Gant, though, because after he'd win a race, we'd ask him how he's going to celebrate it. He goes, well, I'm going to get up at 4 in the morning and go put a roof on a house. That's right. But steaks were free at the Harry Gant Steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> up in Taylorsville, Harry Gant Steakhouse. Is that still there? I haven't been up to Taylorsville lately. I will have to Google that as soon as we get off the air. Yeah, go check out. See if Harry Gant You know, people will actually email us and tell us if Harry Gant Steakhouse is still open. Maybe, for all we know. You're right. He. Yeah, that's the thing. He... He was a rookie at 38. Now think about it. Now, now we're looking at guys 38 going, is he ready to retire yet? I mean, it's like, come on, he's got another year or two left. Yeah, pretty amazing. When we come back, white flag lap. Stay with us. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare. What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? low-cost airlines with one call to low-cost airlines you'll drastically slash your travel costs we're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations where would you like to go london rome costa rica australia wow that's cheap so why wait call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the u.s or international our prices are so low we can't publish them the only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel it's that easy so call now and start packing 800-218-4909 800-218-4909 again that's 800-218-4909 more of the o'reilly auto parts pit reporters in a moment this is prn the performance racing network I'm Paul 
Paul Shad and Charlotte with Kathy Martindale in Nashville here on Z-Max Racing Country. Going to Nashville, Kathy and Thomas Ray. Dirk Bentley said that your album blew his mind. That's probably one of the highest compliments you could get. Yeah, if Dirk likes it, then you know that hopefully some people are going to like it. We're so proud of bringing you the best singers in country music and the biggest stars in NASCAR. Z-Max Racing Country. From the granite state of New Hampshire down through North Carolina and all the way to California, the Speedway Motorsports Incorporated footprint is truly national. That's your engine! This is Bristol. Hey, drivers, light these bad boys up! From zero to wow. We've got a car in trouble, and that guys will bring out a caution. Fans are on their feet. SMI action is never-ending. Get your short track racing fix with PRNs at the track. Visit GoPRN.com. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts pit reporters. Well, we've answered the question. The Harry Gantt Steakhouse is now clo- is closed. It is now the building is now occupied by the House of Egg Roll and Pho. There you go. That's a long way from the Harry Gantt Steakhouse. Oh yeah. But the good news is. Poems in Winston-Salem, Bill France Jr.'s favorite hot dog joint, is still in business. They sell Martinsville hot dogs? They are much better than Martinsville hot dogs. Oh, that's heresy, I think. It's they up, are in some much, quarters. much better than Martinsville All right. hot dogs. <laughs> it's time now for our white flag laps. First up, from Reuters, it's Lewis Frank. Uh, you, you know, I, I laugh at myself. The more things change, the more things stay the same. And, you know... As the season ends, it's like, can we get to the championship? And can we get to this? And now now that the calendar has turned, it's like, man, I, I can't wait to get to the Coliseum. I, I don't know what it is. This hasn't changed. I've been doing this for decades. And the same feeling. Uh, I look forward to some stories, like I said, Harvick uh, at SHR. Um, and, you know, I, I don't see, um, like I said, I, I think the, the cream, again, cliche cream will rise to the top the bigger teams we won't get 19 win- different winners this first time winners this year all right be interesting to see how it all plays out next up from uh, speed sport bruce martin what really strikes me about new year's day is how in this sport anyway you go from zero to 198 like that because january 2nd people are starting to test or in some series they're starting to test at least but it is just Amazing how the offseason just seems to like fly by faster than the Daytona 500 in many ways. But in a lot of ways, you do reach that one point in the offseason where you are ready to get back to work and you're ready to start chasing down stories and chasing down this and chasing down that. And we're here already, and it won't be that long before. I know last night I was already checking my three or four different reservations I'm trying to juggle for the Daytona 500 to see which is going to be the best place. So that is the one thing a lot of people don't realize. We do have to book our own travel sometimes and find the right place. It's going to be the best place, but fans don't care about that. They don't want to hear that, but it's going to be interesting in just less than a month. We'll be on our way to Daytona. Yep. Hard to believe it. uh, Yeah, it is here. Well, you know, experts say we never stop learning and 2022 was certainly a year of learning in NASCAR. We learned a lot about the new car, some of it good, like its durability and raceability on a media 
intermediate tracks, and some of it not so good, like fires out of nowhere and drivers suffering harder hits than they say they have in years. And yet through that, there were learnings, like NASCAR learning the importance of keeping the lines of communication open. And we learned that nothing is forever. Just ask Kyle Busch and Joe Gibbs. Now we've turned the calendar, wiped the slate clean, and we're getting ready for a whole new book of lessons. Talk to you next week. The O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network was presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.